0: In 1980, on January 10th, in the night I was asleep and I was awakened by a very loud trumpet-like sound blowing three words into my ear. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote, KWJS, on a pad that was sitting beside my bed. It was obvious to me these were call letters to either radio or television, but I didn't know which. I looked it up and found it was a radio station. I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And I reminded God, I am a writer, not a speaker. Almost immediately, the thought came into my mind, I believe by the Holy Spirit call the radio station manager. That morning, When I thought the business offices would be open, I called KWJS and asked to speak to the station manager. He came on the phone immediately. I said to him, God might be leading me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said, Make an audition tape twenty nine and one half minutes long and send it to us, and if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. That same morning, I took a cassette tape recorder and recorded an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long, put it in the mail immediately, and sent it to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting Exhortations to the Church on Radio Station KWJS. There's sort of a funny story involved with this. A few weeks later, after I'd been on radio, I met a woman in Fort Worth, Texas. Her name was Lily McBride, and Lily said, I'm a fan of yours, and she said, I had been praying for God to put a real faith teacher on the radio at 12 noon to fill in a 30-minute block of time. And one day, the radio station broadcast a new speaker at 12 noon, and when I heard it, I said, Oh, no, God, not a woman. She got up to turn her radios off, but before she could get to the radio... She got interested in the message I was speaking. At that point in time of my life, I was attending a church in Farmers Branch, Texas, just north of Dallas, a church named Word of Faith, the pastor Robert Tilton. After I went on radio, Bob came to me and said, Joan, You need to get in touch with Michael Ellison Advertising Agency. They can do you a lot of good. Bob was one of their clients. So was Kenneth Copeland, Marilyn Hickey, Jimmy Swaggart had been a client. So I contacted the agency and became one of their clients. The agent, they had several agents. It's a big agency. They had several agents. And they assigned one of their agents to me, and he came to Dallas and met me at my apartment. And one of our ministry people joined us in the meeting. He was very, very sophisticated, very upscale. And he said to me, "Uh, Chum, there's just one thing at this point in time that we want to suggest to you. Now, their suggestions really weren't suggestions at all. They were actually commandments, but I didn't know that. He said, We would like you to put on your envelopes and all your printed material the following words. Send me your prayer request i said oh i don't want to do that he was shocked and he said you don't why not and i said they should pray they should pray through jesus not through me they can they can pray they need to learn to pray their faith needs to be in god he said well you're missing a good bet because when they put the prayer request in the envelope, they usually put some money in it. It was a fundraising technique. I probably didn't know these things at that time about prayer, but in the future years, I did learn some things. The first thing about prayer... You have to pray according to the will of God for you, for it to be effective. You are the person who knows the will of God or can find out the will of God. I have no idea what the will of God would be for you. So if you ask me to pray something, I can't pray an effectual, fervent prayer for you not knowing the will of God for you. But if you know the will of God for you, there is absolutely no reason for you not to pray the prayer. Listen to this scripture here or read this scripture with me. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, in God, that if we ask anything According to his will, he heareth us, and if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So step number one in getting your prayers answered is to ask God to show you his will concerning that thing that you're wanting or the direction that you're considering going. The second thing I learned about prayer is in James 5, verse 16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You might be sending your prayer request to a minister thinking he is a righteous man, but consider these two points. The prayer must be effectual and fervent. Effectual basically would mean according to the will of God for you. Now how is that minister going to know the will of God for you? You are the one who has to find out the will of God and then you pray according to the will of God. Secondly, secondly, Fervent means red-hot, not just some cold, rote words. Red-hot is intense, with great feeling. Two or three hundred people a day are going to send that prayer request to that minister. Do you really think he's going to pray for you individually? And if all he does is lay his hands on the envelopes and say, God help these people, please answer these, I've prayed, over and out, that's not going to do anything for you. So it's the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. So I instinctively, inside me, knew this when the ad agency told me to put, send me your prayer request on my written materials. I have never done that and never will do that, so far as I know. There is no way I could pray for you in an effectual, fervent way. You're going to have to learn to pray for yourself, and this is a great advantage to you. There is nothing I could get for you that you can't get God to do for you yourself. I don't have more power than you do if we're both children of God. Pray. Even if we're not both children of God, even if you aren't born again. You can I have a friend who was raised Catholic. At 14 years of age some one of her schoolmates was killed. That's the first time she said she had ever realized that she could die. So she was terrified. She called out to God in great simplicity and said, and This is hilarious. She said, Now, in the Catholic Church, I know we learned that there are God and there's Jesus and there's the Holy Spirit. But I don't know which one we're supposed to pray to. So please get this prayer to the right person. Well, she was born again, because all she asked was God to help her. That's so, such a charming, childlike story. But with that, she was born again. And she said she knew something of God had come into her. And it was a year or two later, or further on down the line, before, before she saw this, there was a scripture said, that says, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that's in uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and she said that's it that's what it is God through the Holy Spirit is in me absolutely correct Ephesians 1 tells us that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit when we acknowledge the truth of God and believe that truth of God we are sealed with the Holy Spirit so your prayer even if you are not even born again, can be answered. And if you are a child of God, how much more can we turn to God and believe Him to answer our prayer? And we have this promise of God in James chapter 1, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You have an absolute promise. If you lack wisdom on something, ask God. I, I have lately had this revelation on this subject. God knows the future. You can go to your neighbors and tell them what you're thinking of doing or your mate and tell your mate what you're thinking of doing or you can go to your pastor and tell your pastor what you're thinking of doing but none of them know the future. God does. You think, but oh, how can God answer my prayer? How can he get wisdom to me? If you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, and speak truth to us. How he lives in you, he'll bring it to your mind, just like he did to my mind in 1980 when I said, I wouldn't know how to go on radio. And the idea came into my mind, call the radio station manager. That was the information. So I did it, and it all unfolded. So you're the one that needs to pray. Back to the story of the advertising agency. That's the first thing I remember them telling me to do. And I said, I don't want to do that. And I basically won't. I didn't say I won't do that, but I wasn't going to do that. And they knew it. So they conceded me that point, and we continued... The next thing they said to me was, Joan, we can fill Soldiers and Sailors Auditorium in Pittsburgh for you for a meeting. All you have to do is one thing. Don't say anything on radio that will offend anyone. Okay? That means you can't speak Matthew 5.32, which basically says to the men... If you put away a faithful wife, you will be the cause of her committing adultery. If she remarries, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, you won't be able to speak First Corinthians, chapter seven, verse ten: "Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or return to her husband." You won't be able to speak these things because. They will not be popular. They will offend people. I went to a museum luncheon years ago at Texas Tech. It was a thing where they had you seated by name cards. I was seated at a table next to a man who was wearing the largest cross I have ever seen around his neck. He immediately identified himself as the former pastor at Indiana Baptist Church. He began telling us, those of us at the table, this story. He said, oh, we have such a problem at the church, such a problem. We just can't seat the people. So many people want to come to church. We can't seat them. We have built onto the building several times and we just still, we still don't have enough seats for the people. I said to him, If you would speak what Jesus said, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, then about one half of your congregation would get up and leave and you will not have any trouble seating the ones that are left over he just gasped I got up and fled there was no way I was going to sit at that table with this man they had not served the dinner yet but I left but this is true if you speak the word of God a lot of people will leave you. In Seattle, I had a meeting at the, uh, one of the rooms at the convention center, and outside the door was standing the radio station manager. And he said, Joan, you have many wonderful messages. Just speak those messages on radio. Don't speak those judgment messages. If you keep speaking those judgment messages, we might have to put you off the air. The Holy Spirit rose up in me and I said, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have the message and I may as well be off the air. So... The ad agency has told me two things. One, put send me your prayer request on the envelopes and I'm saying I can't do that. The second thing they said, don't offend anyone with your radio messages. If you speak the word of God, you're going to offend somebody. Then the next thing they said to me, they were very suspicious of me by this time. The next thing they said to me, Before you send anything out in writing, send it to us for approval. Well, of course, there's no way I could do that. To be controlled that way by an advertising agency? That's impossible for a real minister to do. You have to be controlled by God. You have to be led by God. So it was totally impossible. They recognized that probably before I did because the next thing, I got a call from my agent and he said, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but we have to let some of our clients go and unfortunately, you are one of the ones that we decided to let go i was devastated at that time i was so naive i was so i was devastated i knew this was the way to big time ministry in radio and television they represented kenneth copeland marilyn hickey robert tilton and had been representing jimmy swaggart this is how you get to the big time in radio and tv is through that ad agency i had just returned from detroit where they had me on television for one week on a man's television show. He was going to invite Marilyn Hickey, but the ad agency said, get Young Boney instead, which he did. He bumped Marilyn and got me. I knew the power they had. I knew the power this agency had in getting you broadcast times, getting you drive times, getting you at the best position possible on the radio station because they represented so many big people that they had so much money and power. I knew they could do this. I knew I had missed a chance at being big time. And I was just devastated. I really thought I had failed. God brought to my attention a scripture to help me. Matthew chapter 4 verses 8 through 10 Concerning Jesus The devil taketh him, Jesus, up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And the devil said unto him All these things will I give thee If thou wilt fall down and worship me, obey me, do what I say. I'm able to fill soldiers and sailors auditorium in Pittsburgh for you. But you have to obey me. Don't say anything on your radio broadcast that would offend anyone. And if you do, if you obey me, you're going to be to the top of the mountain. That's quite a strong temptation. But I was saved from that temptation by continuing in the things that I thought were right in the sight of God, the things that I thought he had taught me. Simple things. It would be a very simple matter to put send me your prayer request on an envelope, but I felt it was wrong to do that and I still feel that way. I don't believe they can pray for you in an effective, fervent way, and I don't think they try. It's a fundraising thing. One of our church members had been at Happy Church in Denver with Marilyn Hickey. She even went on a tour to the Holy Land, so to speak, Jerusalem, with Marilyn Hickey. She still was on Marilyn's mailing list, and she told me this story. At one point, Marilyn sent them a little package of rice, which they were to return to Marilyn, and they were to, I guess, send a prayer request or something to Marilyn. I don't, I don't understand it to this day. It's some kind of gimmick the ad agency came up with, most likely, But that little packet of rice, what does that have to do with anything of God? See, they do all kinds of things to promote you, to get you to beat out some other minister, to get you to the top. And you as a minister have to recognize, I can't do this. Even after God gave me this scripture in Matthew concerning the devil tempting Jesus and Jesus refusing. Even after that, I was really downhearted because the agency put me out. I was extremely immature in those days, but I had just enough from God to stay free. After the Ellison agency, an agent from from Billy Graham, that had been representing Billy Graham, came to me. He said, Joan, you don't understand that you are really like gold. You haven't earned PhD. We can market you to businesses all over the United States to come in and do some type of seminars for women. Well, there was just one problem with this. God had told me not to restrict myself to women, that the messages that I had been given were for all the church, men and women. So I told them, I can't do this. So that kept me free from that agency. If you cling to whatever word you have from God on any subject, you'll stay free. They'll leave you. This is Joan Boney speaking. I will print the scriptures out for you on today's broadcast on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. You can go to our blog. On the right hand side you will see podcast recordings and scriptures. If you need to, you can rehear this recording and you'll see the scriptures that are printed there. Once again, go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.